welcome to our Crafting Wellness podcast. And on behalf of MDF Instruments, I would love to introduce you today to Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast. And I would love for everyone watching who doesn't know you to kind of, uh, if you could just give us a little introduction and tell us your story. Yes, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much um, for having me and allowing me to just share my story during this uh, really important month of breast cancer awareness. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, my name is uh, Charlotte Martin. I'm 32 years old. Um, I lived a very healthy, normal life up until my diagnosis a few years ago. Um, I grew up just outside of London with my mom and my three brothers. And I moved to the US when I was about 18 years old. Um, I never imagined that a couple years after uh, moving here that I would be the daughter of a breast cancer survivor. And then just a few years after that, I myself would then be a survivor. So it certainly took me by shock a little bit. Um, it was October 2018 when I was diagnosed. Um, I was 31 years old and living in Marina Del Rey. And I was getting ready to jump in the shower. And, um, you know, I kind of just grazed across um, my chest and then that's when I found the mass on my my right side and at, at first glance it was kind of unassuming I didn't really think too much of it um, you know I was a little concerned just because I come from family history um, of breast cancer but like I said it, it was kind of unassuming and I started to sort of press around and that's when I noticed that there was like two distinct lumps like a small piece size and then a small mass um, so a little scary to say the least. Um, I did some Googling as I think most people probably would in my situation. I think that's the first thing most people do these days. Um, and as you can imagine, like most of the symptoms that I had from feeling the lump to the dimpling, it just, something didn't seem right and the results didn't look so great. So I guess you could say from that point on, like zero to 60 seconds, it was like, I ended up in nonstop appointments uh, for the better part, part of like two weeks. And then on October 6th is when I received um, my diagnosis from my radiologist that it was um, stage one HER2 breast cancer. And I was pretty flawed. Um, it was quite a shock. I, I think I did some research on it and getting breast cancer at my age with the type of it, it was like a one in 10,000. So. Needless to say, I was pretty, uh, pretty scared for my life. Um, you know, I kind of felt blindsided in a way, like I didn't, I was in disbelief. I didn't really think that this could happen to me. Um, since over the years I'd requested mammograms and um, I was actually declined mammograms up until my diagnosis because I was too young and healthy. So it was a little disappointing because, you know, I tried to kind of take those steps to prevent or take the steps to sort of, you know, be my own advocate and, and get a mammogram done ahead of time. But unfortunately that, that didn't work out. So my journey began that day. And I would say probably just a year and a half later, I'd gone through 50 doctor's visits, five surgeries, six months of chemotherapy, um, IVF, hair loss, weight gain, you name it. I kind of had to do the whole thing. And um, I think one of the hardest parts was just kind of coming to terms with the, you know, 
just re-identifying with myself, like kind of finding myself again. You know, I think as a woman, you when you lose your hair and um, you put on weight, you really just, you don't know who you are and you have to kind of like find yourself again. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a tough couple of years and I've just, since then, I've really tried my best to share my story, uh, the good and the bad. Um, I think there's something really genuine and raw and real about just being honest about all the different steps that you're going through. And um, I know that it's helped a lot of women just be more of like an advocate for themselves. Um, I still have girlfriends that I have to remind every month, like do your self-rest exams. And, you know, I think it was a real shock for my friends just because I guess you could say I was like the vision of health. Like, you know, I, I worked out, I ate healthy, nothing was wrong with me, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you get diagnosed with breast cancer. And it just took so many people back that I think it just shocked them into, wow, like I really should start doing my self breast exams. And that was another lesson for me was just the lack of education for women under 40. Um, I think there's so much information out there about doing self breast exams sort of after 40 and doing your mammograms after 40. And the truth is so many younger women are getting diagnosed um, kind of before 40. So I think we just need to have the conversation a little bit more. Um, but, you know, my entire life has completely changed. I was in medical sales and then I got diagnosed and I received a wee care package which was such a lovely gift. I reached out to a dear friend of mine called Erin Monroe, who uh, at the time I had known her from Colorado and she was, I knew that she was also a breast cancer survivor and she was involved in the breast cancer fundraiser and she, she sent me a care package and I'm not even kidding. I had like probably $500 worth of items in my Amazon cart because I just, I had no idea what I was going to need. So when this care package arrived, it just was so heartwarming because there was a beanie in there. There was a blanket and a journal. Um, she wrote them a beautiful note just saying like, you know, you've been there for your mom. Like we are going to be there for you now. And that just made me like ball. I lost it for like an hour just because, you know, just to know that you have people there to support you is um, there's no words for it really. And then, you know, just little things like tissues or face wipes. And, um, and I also received an MDF instrument. And at the time I was like, what is this for? Like, what, I, why do I need a stethoscope for? And then, and then towards the end of my treatment, I was like, I need to get my nurse a gift. And I was like, hold on they wear them. So I gifted my nurse the MDF instrument and she was just so taken back and so grateful because it's, it's the one with a little bow on it. And she was so happy and it was like the rose gold. And um, yeah, I mean, this package was just everything that I needed that I didn't know I needed. The founder of the Breast Cancer Fund, I was like, listen, I want to host an event. Like, I love what you guys are doing. You're really like, there's nothing else out there. Like, I want to raise money for the, uh, the foundation. So I hosted 
did my first event and I raised nearly $15,000 for the breast cancer fundraiser on my first event. And there was just so much great energy. I had all my friends, my community, you know, supporters from the breast cancer fundraiser there. And a couple of months later, Nilo was like, Charlotte, like, would you like to get involved? Like, we love what you're doing. We love your energy. And that's kind of what led me to now, I call it like my new chapter, my new life, because I really have taken like a, a 360 on um, what I was doing before and now what I'm doing. And in a weird way, like I kind of look at it as this is my purpose. Like this is maybe what I was supposed to be doing because the impact women and men just sharing you know their stories and um it's it's a good feeling so now I'm the director of giving at the breast cancer fundraiser and um you know our mission at the breast cancer fundraiser is to preserve the dignity of breast cancer patients and their loved ones and that's exactly what we do um I have felt it I've been the recipient of a we care package um, and I'm so grateful for this partnership because, you know, just seeing the impact that it had, like feeling it and then also continuing to give it back. It's, um, it's a good feeling. It's, it's like full circle. We just delivered like 50 packages the other day to UCLA and I was just floored because last year I was a patient there, like having treatment. And now I'm going back and uh you know providing these women with comfort it's so beautiful i feel like the more i talk to people um i because we've been talking to a lot of healthcare workers nurses doctors uh, student students um it's really interesting when they when i hear their story about how they got into healthcare or like why they did and it's always interconnected with someone helped their grandfather or they themselves had a health issue and got really sick and appreciated the care that they received from a nurse. And then that inspired them to want to do something great. And I just think it really shows um, how powerful love and kindness is because it's one of those things when you feel loved and cared for, when you feel those feelings um, from sometimes even strangers, it's so powerful that it, ignite something in you that makes you say, oh my gosh, I want to make someone else feel this feeling because I was so scared and alone and, and afraid. And now I feel so much better. And I want to pass that along to someone else and make them feel like they're not alone and make them feel like someone cares and loves them and is there for them. And I just think it's really, really beautiful. And your story just really um, highlights just how powerful uh, kindness and love can be and giving uh, time or giving um, products, it, little things that, you know, people don't have to do. It doesn't have to always be this monumental thing. I think that's something really important for people to remember that it, it it's sometimes little things, having a journal, having tissue, but having someone give that in a way that says, hey, I know you're going to need this. You have enough going on. Like, the fight of your life. And um, I want to make this as easy for you as I can. And just that sentiment there, it really can ignite so much power in 
bringing out the best in people and people wanting to really kind of domino affect that into other parts of life. I think, you know, I agree. And um, in each care package, I actually handwrite every note that goes into them. Um, so when somebody is requesting a wee care package for their loved one, a friend, a girlfriend, um, I handwrite the message that they have chosen to send to their loved one. And it's, it's really heartwarming and it feels so good on my end too, because I always like to kind of add a little something in the end from me just to say, you know, this is coming from a warrior. This is coming from the breast cancer fundraiser. And then, you know, the note from their, their loved one. And um, I know that when I received the package, one of the loveliest parts about it was the handwritten notes from Erin Monroe. Um, it just was so heartwarming. And I think it's that personal touch that really makes the We Care package unique um, to the patient that's receiving it. Absolutely. And I think um, just to go off that a little bit, you know, sometimes when you're starting a journey and then someone who's been through that journey, through a similar journey as you, and they're on, they're a little further down the line, they're on the other side of it, to receive a message from them. It's kind of in a weird way, like if you could give a note to your like five-year-old self and like tell yourself something like everything's going to be okay. It's kind yeah. of that guidance that's kind of shooting back to them and saying, listen, I'm further down along the journey. I've been where you've been. I had, I've been exactly where you are and I'm on the other side now able to send you a message and, and one day you'll be able to be on the other side with me sending a message. Yeah. It's a really, really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. So many people that go through like a cancer diagnosis that don't have that resource, you know, and, and that is my goal long-term wise is to try and figure out a way of giving back to cancer, all cancer patients in some way of delivering them a care package. Because, you know, I, I some, some people's journeys um, by no means are they ever easy. Some are very quick, they get their treatment, they, it's resolved and others are, essentially going through the treatment for the rest of their life so to just have that little bit of comfort in like the, those first couple weeks after a diagnosis or you know the first month after a diagnosis is um it's really great and um you know i think this month during breast cancer awareness month you know we've really tried very hard to like kind of cultivate the bag and make sure that everything in there is exactly what they're going to need. And it comes from like a first-hand experience, you know, just little things like a little, we have pill organizers and, you know, I had that in my Amazon purchase list because you have so many different medications and, you know, if you're not organized with it, it can be very, very overwhelming. You're, you're going to miss the day of the week or, there's going to be kind of pills scattered everywhere. So um, the package is really well put together. And um, I'm just, I'm grateful that I've been given this opportunity in life to like give back. And like you said, just showing a little bit of love and, and time. Like, I, I think you're right when you say like, you can give in so many different ways. It doesn't always have to be, I think the, there's a misconception about giving. I think a lot of people just think you give, you have to give money to charities when really that's actually not the case, you know, just giving your time or giving um, 
a platform, giving an opportunity to speak about something you're passionate about, mm -hmm. um, sharing what, you know, if you're, if you're following a foundation and you believe in it, sharing that and educating people about what they're doing, like that is giving. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably one of our biggest gifts is when either we have a patient that shares their journey of receiving a package or, um, you know, starts a fundraiser with 30 of their friends. You know, it's, there's so many different ways to give. Yeah, I love that because I was just going to ask for everyone watching um, for the BCF, if they wanted to donate or give, um, what would be the best way for them to get involved? And I definitely want to link um, your website and your Instagram and everything in this video so everyone can go check the BCF out. Do you have any advice on yeah. how they can help? I would love to hear it. Absolutely. So we have um, on our website, there is a giving section. So the care package itself is $250. Um, and that covers five categories of care. So it's we care about your beauty, we care about your health and wellness, we care about your comfort, uh, we care about your loved ones, and we care about your journey. So within that package, there's those five categories. Um, and there's so many different things in there. So, you know, there's the link on the website where you can give or sponsor a, um, a we care package for someone that's going through treatment. And then something else that's really fun. We have a 30 by 30 fundraiser that you can host. It's so easy. And it's just simply inviting 30 close friends to donate $30 for 30 days so, so it'd be $30 per person for the month super easy we kind of work it out as like a dollar a day so you can do a 30 by 30 it's so simple um and that actually between 30 friends you can send a couple we care packages which is really amazing um so that's another way too so there's a couple different options and they're all listed on the website but the, the main two are there is a giving page and then um, I would recommend the 30 by 30 fundraiser. That's a fun one. Yeah, and that's great for all the students watching as well because you can, yes. you know, there's power in numbers. They say that for a reason because maybe you yeah. don't have a lot of money to give. Maybe you can't afford $250 by yourself. But if you get yep. a bunch of friends together and everybody gives a little bit before you know it, you are, you are able to, to help a lot of people. Um, yes. Also, you can always share the BCF, post them in your stories. Um, and just share the information because a lot of people can't get the help or they can't donate if they don't know that it's there. And so I think it's really important too that sharing all about the BCF and their page and their Instagram and their Facebook will be very helpful too. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Brooke. And um, you're right, it's, there, there are a lot of people that are going through some really challenging times. So I think doing something fun like getting the class involved or getting, you know, fellow coworkers, um, the impact is so much greater. And even just by like a small amount, that's awesome. Thank you for uh, highlighting that. Of course, yeah, every little bit helps. And I'm, I'm very grateful to, to be doing what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, I'm the, the only person really that's running the breast cancer fundraiser. I think that's important to highlight too, because a lot of there's a lot of foundations out there and you never really know where your money's going. You know, you, I, for many years contributed to a, a specific breast cancer foundation. And I'd always question like how much of the money did I raise is going to a patient or to research. And, um, 
I'm, you know, we have very minimal expenses. We're a very grassroots, um, you know, foundation. And I think that's a really good thing for people to know that like their money is going straight back to the patients. And that's to me, that's everything. And I, my goal is to keep it that way for as long as I can. So I'm going to be hustling away. <laughs> Absolutely. So true. And Charlotte, you're one of the most amazing people I've ever met. So knowing that you're uh, running that whole thing and that whole charity, I know that it's all being every, every single dime is being put where it needs to be put. I know that without question. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I know you had mentioned that a lot of, um, people are getting diagnosed a lot earlier than 40 um, and that people aren't really uh, checking as much as they should um, on their breasts. And I'd also love to talk about the fact that men can also get breast cancer because I think that's something not a lot of people talk about. You know, I think first and foremost, we just, we just need to talk about it more. You know, um, you are right. There are a lot more younger women um, getting diagnosed. And I think, um, I think the one thing we have to remember is to not only be our own health advocates, but also not look at doing a self breast exam as like a chore. You know, I think it's more of an act of self love. Mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking to women specifically, you know, we, we monitor our menstrual cycles, you know, we're, we're educated growing up to keep a track on these things, but we're not really told to do a self breast exam or, to keep an eye on yourself and you know um more and more women are getting diagnosed in their 20s and their 30s so a couple things that i would recommend is is knowledge is everything so you know first things first like ask questions you know ask your your mother or your grandmother or your aunts and find out if there's a family history of it um secondly you know there's resources available for you to get the BRCA testing done, which is for ovarian and breast cancer. Um, some people are, might not be familiar with that. This was a little bit more common. That's something that Angelina Jolie had. So she tested positive for the gene and she elected to do um, a double mastectomy. Um, so there's other ways just to research to see if you, you carry the gene. Obviously, if you do carry the gene, um, long-term wise, there's many more chances that you might develop breast cancer, you know, later on. Um, but yeah, I think just asking questions and, and having knowledge. Um, and then the same with men. And it, it's, it's really, really sad because I think the conversation has just never been had with men. I think, you know, we just associate this as like breast cancer women. And the truth of the matter is, is men also get diagnosed with breast cancer. The general message is just know your bodies, know what it looks like and be familiar with it. And don't be naive if you notice something that's not right or different. Um, that's really the main reason why I'm here today. And I found my breast cancer very early is because I knew something wasn't right. It wasn't common. Um, the dimple was a huge sign, but then also the lump, like there was just a lot of telling signs. And I had an appointment within a week. And because I made that appointment so quickly, that is the reason why it didn't spread to my lymph nodes because 
when breast cancer spreads to your lymph nodes is when it can go metastatic. And at that point, that means that the cancer spread throughout your entire body and um, your outcomes can be very different. So just knowing your body, knowing if there's changes um, for women, um, you mm -hmm. typically want to do yourself breast exam two weeks after your menstrual cycle. Um, that is the time of month that they recommend it. And there's a really great app it's called, um, they're called Keep a Breast Foundation and they have an app and you can go on there and it shows you how to do it. You can track if there's anything different. Um, it shows you the symptoms. Um, and then you can just kind of make a calendar reminder every month. So it's, it's very helpful, but I think it's important to know that you're not looking for cancer. You just need to know your body and check it every month just you know we're always looking in the mirror we're always kind of paying attention to our hair or makeup or for guys you know we're in shape and mm -hmm. if there's something that's not right like don't be afraid to go to the doctor and be like hey something's not right and do it quickly um i had a lot of doctors tell me that i in the initial stages they were trying to schedule me for appointments like five weeks out and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I have a lump and I have breast cancer and you're trying to schedule me five weeks away. I was like, that's not going to happen. That's five weeks of growth that my cancer is having in my body. And I put my foot down and I, it's not going to work for me. I am the daughter of a survivor and I also have breast cancer. This is a new diagnosis you need to get me in sooner. And sure enough, they called me back and I got in within a week. Yeah, I think so, that's a great message. You have to advocate for your own health because nobody is gonna do it for you. Yeah. The other thing too, is I think it's so important what you're saying and I just wanna drive it home more for everybody watching um, that yes, you know your own body. And when someone tells you, oh, you're too young, that won't be an issue for you. That's just not accurate information. Um, children get, very young children get cancer. Um, you know, you can have health problems at very young age when you're supposedly healthy and all of these things. So listen to your body, check your body, know your body. Don't be afraid to touch your body, yeah. your body so that when something doesn't feel right, you can say, that's, that's not right. Something's wrong. And don't let anyone tell you, oh no, you're being dramatic. You're being, you're, you're just worrying for no reason. You're fine. You're fine. I'm sure it's just a sister. It's nothing. It's all boobs are lucky. You know, that kind of thing. I think it's just really important um, to listen to your heart and your instincts when you know yeah. something is wrong and go get that help you need. And don't let people make a scheduling five weeks out. No. That is Absolutely not so horrifying because you're absolutely yeah. right. Early detection is everything. That's why we're so we're talking so much about, you know, self self checking and all that every single month. Because the earlier you can detect something wrong, the better chance you're going to have of surviving it and being on the other side and being able to help other people with their. Yeah. And we need all of you. So, yes, it's so true. Um, you know, I even after my diagnosis, I had girlfriends that had to to get a mammogram done and they're over 40 and um you know it's it's very difficult with insurance companies sometimes they they're like you're too young and they will say that and you really have to just 
put your foot down. Um, they did pass a law in California where if you have dense breasts, you're actually able to get a breast um, mammogram before 40 and it's covered. Can you explain what, what yeah. dense breast is? Yeah, so a dense breast, it's gonna be women that have softer tissue and kind of like feeling like lumpier. So you might think, gosh, something wrong, but that's kind of, it's more like dense soft tissue and then a little bit more like lumpier. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes a lot of women have like cysts, very common. Um, so it's important to monitor those first and foremost. Um, and I, I stress this because a dear friend of mine, um, she went to the doctor, she had, a, she had what she was told was a cyst. Um, they didn't perform a mammogram on her and they said, you know, we'll, we'll keep you on the watch and wait list. So they kept her on the watch and wait list. And three months later, she was stage three breast cancer. So something that I would advise is, you know, take an extra step. Absolutely. And I kind of want to bounce off that a little bit. Um, I know that it was already hard for, sometimes it can be really hard for people to want to go into the doctor and, and do these things. Um, and I, I'm wondering if you have any advice for people who are afraid to kind of go in because of COVID and everything. Um, I'm wondering how that's affecting uh, just everyone's health because even people who have um, other kinds of issues, I feel like people just aren't as inclined to go in uh, to the doctor because of COVID. Obviously we've been experiencing some incredibly unsettling times and it's, it's it's scary for a lot of people um, to go out in general. Um, but I will say this, you know, leaving your health, um, you could do greater damage by not making an appointment. Now, again, times are different. So your first appointment would be uh, right now would be scheduling like a, a digital appointment with your doctor. That would be the first appointment that you'll likely make, um, which you may be more comfortable with because you're going to be in your own home. You can certainly ask questions and and discuss about perhaps what you may feel or what you've noticed is different. Um, but I think it's important to highlight that, you know, leaving something could be greater than taking that one step, mm -hmm. you know, um, taking that one step I just encourage you just be strong and 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 know that you know you can take precautionary steps to be safe in public you can wear a mask you can wear gloves or you can bring hand sanitizer and make sure that you're washing your hands really very regularly for at least 30 seconds you know you're really taking the time to take care of yourself yeah I think you can't let the fear of something stop you from advocating for your own health. I think it's there is yeah. an urgency now. Um, I just think don't use COVID as an excuse to not take care of yourself and your health because uh, I know that sometimes people will find any excuse they can to kind of not go into the doctor if they especially when they fear something is wrong it's very counterintuitive because you know you want to go like, in and you feel something's wrong you want to go get the help you need but it can be very yeah. common for people who actually 
fear that they have something wrong with them, they're less inclined to go into the doctor because they don't want that uh, that news. And I think you just have to know that having the knowledge like you you spoke about before is gonna in the in the end is gonna be the best thing for you facing those fears you can get through anything and for everyone watching i mean look at charlotte over here you would never know she's so strong and and beautiful and you would never know her hard battles that she's fought um she's a warrior and i think she's a great great example of um staying strong and getting through something i will say this um my cancer developed it's in your body for years before when you feel the lump is when it's it's kind of protruding the skin and it's become invasive that's when you've got to be really quick about it but my my cancer grew for years and when i look back to when my doctor said that it had started kind of developing like the time frame um i did not manage my stress levels i certainly um I was very up and down with a lot of stress. I didn't manage it. I was not exercising. Very rarely did I get a good sweat on <laughs> um, and my diet. So there's a lot of things that I look back and I'm like, you know, could they have been contributing factors to perhaps something that might have caused because, you know, inflammation, it's, that's kind of where cancer starts developing. It's from inflammation in your body and it's the cells reacting to it. And my tips to really living like a healthy life and hopefully preventing you from anything like this happening is, you know, be vocal if you're feeling down and talk to your friends and family. If you're low and if you're going through something, like try your hardest to not internalize it because that will cause inflammation, that will cause your body to react in really bad ways. So release a lot of that from you as best as you can. Exercise. Now, whatever makes you go red in the face, do it. Because that's good. When you get those blood cells going and you're exercising, like I started doing the trampoline for 20 minutes and I'm like, whew, this is the best because I don't have to go running for 45 minutes. If you can get into a workout where you're getting so red and you're getting those blood cells and the blood moving through your body, that's all you need to do. So somehow stay fit. It's going to help you uh, keep your body strength, like strong, your immune system strong, especially right now with COVID. And then also just monitor your diet. Make sure you're eating. I mean, I cheat. I cheat a lot. <laughs> but I also try and have some vegetables and I also monitor, you know, my alcohol intake. It's like, a, it's a good balance, you know, just try and live like a balanced life. And those are my tips because I think um, it's important to just kind of think about those things and not just kind of be lazy about it really. Yeah. I, I love those tips. I think it's really important for people to find those things that will work for them to de-stress them. You know, yeah. what works for one person might not work for another. Maybe you need to take a hot bath to distress, or maybe you need to go on like yeah. a long hike, or maybe you need to be in nature or whatever that is. That's going to really kind of calm you down and bring you back to center because stress is, it is really bad for your health, extremely, extremely toxic to your body. 
we have very physio uh, physiological uh, reactions to stress. So yeah, I think self-care, it comes back to self-care and yeah. I love all of those tips. Do, what do you do for self-care the most, would you say? I know you kind of generally gave a lot of tips, but is, what is the thing that you do that when Charlotte is super stressed out and she's had a really bad day or just a hard week, what, what are the things that you kind of do to bring yourself back? Um, I will start early in the morning and I'll tell you my favorite thing to do is watch the sunrise. Mm. I have been going and watching the sunrise and I meditate and I do my gratitudes first thing in the morning. Um, I wake up, I watch the sun coming up and I, I literally, I, I speak three gratitudes that I'm grateful for every day. And that brings me a lot of joy. Now let's go through the day. If I'm having a really long day, I love taking a bath. Um, at the end of the day, I put some eucalyptus, you know, soap in the bath that really relaxes me. And then also just having like, you know, a great walk um, around sunset, just going for a walk. And especially right now, it's like the seasons are changing. There's just a really amazing like smell and energy in the air so like I'll usually go for like an evening walk um and just able to like reflect and um just be grateful for where we live and um the people that we have in our life like just gives you that time to kind of like process everything from the day and have that time to yourself if you have anybody that you want to nominate um, to be on the podcast, I would love to do another one with you yes. where it could be you and the person you want to nominate. And we could do this again, because I think you have so much knowledge. Um, and I think it's also really important. Um, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be anyone who's in, involved with breast cancer awareness. But I do think that um, it is something that we want to always highlight in October because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. However, this is something that really we need to be talking about the entire year. We need to be having these conversations. Um, we need to be reminding yep. our loved ones to be checking on themselves. And I think uh, the best thing we can do is really just keep the conversation going and keep talking about all the great things the BCS yep. is doing, um, all the great opportunities people can get involved. Because um, I know people really, they like to donate around the holidays. And then I know the beginning of the year can start to get rough for people because nobody really is kind of showing up in those ways. So I'd really love to, if you think of anyone that you would love to bring on the podcast. I know of someone. I already have a name. And Perfect. she she inspires me. When I'm having a down day, I think of this woman and I think of like just the sheer resilience and strength that she has. And she's like, she's unlike anyone I've ever met. Her name is Natalie Grummet. She not only is a breast cancer survivor, she's a Route 91 survivor from the shooting in Las Vegas from the concert. I have chills just talking about I got them too. I got them too. She is the epitome of like a warrior. Like she embodies strength and love and compassion and empathy. Like she's, she's a goddess in my mind. This woman has been through so much hardship, yet she's just the sweetest soul. And her story, I mean, impacts people that like they wouldn't expect 
they're taken back just from the thoughts of what she's been through and and um, what she's survived. And it's been two years since the shooting and, you know, she's still going through surgeries and kind of getting back. But I would love to nominate her because yes. she inspires me every single day. So I know we could all use some inspiration in our lives. Yes. Would love to highlight her story and her strength and her resilience and inspire yeah. other people through her and you because you're also a warrior and a goddess. So we would love to have you both back on and um oh. touch with her and talk to her and see if she'd be interested. And we can do another one of yeah. these and it'll be both of you on and I'll let you guys talk to each other and then kind of pop in a little bit. But um yeah, I think Perfect. it's really great to have that. I would love it. Really wonderful about sharing her story and inspiring inspiring men and women to just be grateful for what they have so love that's, it. A, that's gonna be a good one <laughs> I love it. everyone watching you have something even more great to look forward to yes stay, stay tuned stay yeah. tuned the next one's gonna be the next one you might need your tissues because yeah. i get chills and every time i listen to her talk i i start welling up so in a in a good way like i'm just filled with love yes and we all, I think we could all use that right now. Violet, thank you so much for joining our Crafting Wellness podcast. It's been such a pleasure having you on. And we look forward to doing a continued version um, in the near future. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I hope that, I hope that there is a message of love and, and hope um, and self-advocacy that you all can take away from this. Um, you know, never forget to love yourselves and be your own, be your own health advocates and, and do, do your best to get involved in, in whatever you can give back in some way. Yes, and for everyone watching, we are linking all of Charlotte's information, all the BCF, their website, uh, Facebook, and all of that, so you can check it out. Please share it with your friends um, and get involved, and let's, let's shine some light and some love to help all of those people going through the fight of their lives.